everyone, and welcome to the Path 11 podcast. Today, we're speaking to Dr. Michael Wayne. He's a practitioner of acupuncture, Chinese medicine, and integrative medicine with over 25 years of experience in the field. Dr. Wayne has written three books, Quantum Integral Medicine, Towards a New Science of Healing and Human Potential, The Low-Density Lifestyle. He's also written a novel called The Knuckleball from Hell, and he has a new book coming out in the spring of 2016 called The Quantum Revolution, The Power to Transform. He's also the founder and director of the Center for Quantum Revolution, and he also produces and hosts a video interview series called Interviews with the Leading Edge. There's some great interviews out there, and we discuss that a little bit more in our interview, so we hope you head on over and watch a few of those. He's also been featured and received national media attention from the likes of Alternative Medicine, The New York Post, Hay House Radio, Positive Health Wellbeing Journal, Martha Stewart's Whole Living, and Acupuncture Today. We'd like to welcome Dr. Wayne to our show. So, hello, Michael. We'd like to welcome you to our show today. Uh, thank you, April. It's an honor to be on your show. Yes. Now, I actually had the opportunity to meet Dr. Wayne in Saratoga, where we both live in the same town. And uh, he's an acupuncturist and is doing tons of stuff in our community and always holding like a series at the library. Maybe we'll get a chance to talk about that, too. And he happened to come to one of our Sunday events. I run a RIM workshop. It's Reiki Yoga and Vibroacoustic Music. So we had a chance to finally reconnect after these couple of years that I've been living in town and thought that he would be a great guest for our show. And um, I was thinking that maybe we could start off a little bit with hearing how you came to acupuncture and Chinese medicine. because so we haven't had a chance to talk to anybody about that on our oh. show yet. And uh, Acupuncture has kind of saved my life of physical pain with lower back pain, so um, I know that it's changed mine, and if nobody's ever tried it before, I'd love them to get the information, um, so maybe they might want to look into another form of healing for themselves. Yeah, so so acupuncture is part of Chinese medicine. Chinese medicine is the umbrella term, and there is a number of modalities that are part of Chinese medicine, with acupuncture being the most well-known Though in China, Chinese herbal medicine is is the more uh, pronounced medicine, but um, acupuncture is a very profound and sophisticated form of medicine. I mean, just like there's in our society, country, modern medicine is a Western medicine. Chinese medicine is a form of medicine of of and by itself. And so, I, I for myself, I I serendipity or or. I was led that way. What the fates, gods led me there. I just uh, at it when I was in college one day. I just um, was, and and became interested in Asian philosophy. I was taking classes on the subject and and got introduced to Chinese medicine. And uh, it just uh, it it caught my fancy right then and there, and became uh, something a lifelong um, path of, of of learning for me. And then finally, I decided to go to acupuncture school and 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 learn the skills. Can you explain to our listeners what exactly acupuncture is and how it works with like the energy meridians of the body and what energy meridians are and how it can bring the body back into balance? Yeah. So acupuncture is is the original energy medicine, and and when the Chinese developed it hundreds, thousands, thousands of years, not just hundreds, but thousands of years ago, and the, and the origins of, of acupuncture are, are kind of shrouded in myth and legend. But 
But what the Chinese understood was that the body had an energy system. The, the Chinese, the, the philosophy of China and, and the East was very immersed in nature and the observations of the natural cycles of life. And so they understood that there was this movement of energy, not only through the cycles of life, but in the body. And, that, and so they started, um, it was very collaborative science, acupuncture too. So as these ancient doctors started observing, they started marking in the body where different areas were. And, and part of the legend of acupuncture and where, and where its origins lay from is that it was said that one, one, one legend is that it came out of um, the, the injuries that, that were developed from warfare when people may have been pierced with a bow or flint. And so when they were being healed, that these punctures in the body um, actually started the, I mean, not major punctures, but just the, the incisions that people may have had from a flint um, that actually were healing some other problems they had. And so these, these ancient early doctors started pondering this. And, and so that's when they started um, collaborating, thinking about it. And then they developed these meridians, these pathways of energy, these energy grids throughout the body and started you know, mapping out acupuncture points on these meridians. And, and that's really where the science and art of acupuncture all stemmed from. And, and it's been developed over time. And, and as, as acupuncture has made its way in the West and, and into our, our, our culture and science that wants to validate everything and know that things can be proven, um, there's been a lot of studies with acupuncture, and 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 and, and it's been seen how the how acupuncture um, creates changes in the brain, positive changes in the brain, positive changes in the immune system, and the hormonal system, and the blood circulation system. So, and and ultimately, the bottom line is people find it it helps a lot. The subjective response that people have. So whatever, whatever is done scientifically in terms of validation, people know that it helps. Yeah, and can you explain how when somebody comes you know, to an acupuncturist, how an acupuncturist, and I don't know if diagnosis is the right word or if you guys are allowed to use that word, oh, but no. I, you yeah. know, I just kind of find it interesting in Chinese medicine how you guys look at the body very differently. I always found it really fascinating that an acupuncturist like will ask you to stick out your tongue and they can look at your tongue and and see the different areas within your body that might be deficient of something or where you might be having trouble and that like how do you do that and how how does that connect and yeah. um, so if you can explain a little bit more sure. about that. Well, well, an acupuncturist will wear two hats. They'll wear their Western medicine hat and their Chinese medicine hat. And their Western medicine hat is when a person, especially when a person comes in the first time and they're going over their health history, they're going to talk. Generally, most people are going to talk in Western medical terms that they say they have this illness or this or that and different symptoms. And so that's all the acupuncturist all notes that. And so they're aware of their symptoms. But then they want to know from a Chinese medical standpoint what's going on. So they make a Chinese, so, so the word diagnosis is, is correct. They make a Chinese medical diagnosis. And in Chinese medicine, there's different approaches, different ways of diagnosing. There's looking, there's touching, there's um, smelling, there's 
looking, different, different approaches. So the two most common ways, the looking is the tongue diagnosis and the touching is the pulse diagnosis. So an acupuncturist will feel the pulses because there, there's a number of different types of pulses. There, there are said to be 28 different pulses that could be felt. And they look at the tongue, look at the markings on the tongue, color of the tongue, coating on the tongue. And with that, and any other ways that, that are diagnosis is needed, the di a um, Chinese medicine diagnosis can be made. A lot of times when someone just calls me to make an appointment or they want to talk, just by listening, I mentioned listening is one way of diagnosis. I listen to the their talk and their voice and just what it sounds like, I can I can get a good feel for what the person is, you know, what what's going on also. So it's uh, you know it's really fascinating. In fact, I had once had someone, uh, a guy see me for acupuncture and he said he took his girlfriend a long time ago to see a a Chinese doctor who is visiting from China for a short time and he was in New York City. So he took her girl, his girlfriend, to see her, and he was he was so he was, he was an older man, and from the old school where the doctor could not would not touch the woman uh, except for putting needles in. So instead of her, he holding feeling her pulses, he had her hold a rope, and he put the rope and the other end of the rope he put to her his ear, and he actually made the diagnosis by listening to the rope. And uh, it's really fascinating. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's interesting. So, but anyway, there's there's many ways to read the body, and Chinese medicine has recognized that. Yeah. Now I know when you say pulse, most people are going to think that you're taking a pulse, like when you go to your primary care physicians. But the pulse is very different in acupuncture from what I've researched a little bit. Now, are you feeling the pulses of the different organs? Like I know you take it in the arm, like a normal pulse would yeah. be taken, but you're feeling for something different. It's not what we think of as a typical pulse reading. Well, well, a pulse reading in Western medicine would be one finger in, the, in that pulse area, that radial pulse area, feeling the speed of the pulse. In Chinese medicine, there are three fingers go down. There are three pulse positions all in that radial position by the, by the end of the wrist on the thumb side. And there's a superficial position, a middle position, and a deep position on, on all three fingers. And each of these fingers signify different organs and so while whereas in western medicine one finger is put down to feel the speed of the pulse in chinese medicine it's all about pulse qualities and so speed of pulse would just be one um pulse quality so the speed could be either rapid or slow but then there's also other pulse qualities like uh choppy or wiry or slippery or deep or deficient or bounding or rapid style, just, just all kinds of irregular pulse. So it's really, and we really just try to match up and match up the pulse with the person's symptoms, with the tongue to, to kind of try to form a complete picture of the person without any sort of judgments, uh, clouding things. And, and so it's understood that in Chinese medicine, acupuncture Chinese medicine, you could have 10 people, I, I could see 10 people in a row with the same Western medical symptom. Let's say, just say lower back pain as a, as a generic diagnosis from a Western medicine standpoint. And in Chinese medicine, they could present 
10 different Chinese medicine pictures, diagnoses. They could have, one person could have dampness, another person could just be wiry, qi stagnation, another person could be deficient, another person could be um, yin deficiency, and, and the list goes on. Wow. Yeah. And can you explain the term qi and what that means? Qi, basic, well, there, there's the basic diagno- the, uh, um, definition that most people know, energy or vital life force. But interestingly enough, the literal translation, translation of the Chinese pictograms for qi is the vapors that come off rice when it's cooking. So, so when people are always talking about how much chi they have, energy they have, they realize that they're talking all about the vapors of rice in their, that are cooking in their body. <laughs> so. Now, what, um, what do you see just coming into your practice as a very common condition that people will use acupuncture for and have very successful results? Well, about 50%, I think about 50% of the people who see me will have pain issues. Um, and then the other 50% are really varied. Most acupuncturists, Chinese medicine practitioners, are, are general practitioners. Some will, some will be more specialized in just one area. But, but as I said, varied. I'll see a lot of um, women's health issues. I have people with chronic degenerative conditions from autoimmune issues to cancer, um, headaches, migraines, uh, sinus problems, um, kind of you name it. I, I, I see a really variety. Pediatrics is a big specialty in Chinese medicine, as is women's health. Um, so, so the list goes on. Yeah, I know quite a few um, clients that I've had and friends have used acupuncture for infertility, and they've had really yeah. successful results and have been able yeah. to get oh, pregnant. Yeah, it's so awesome. I, I have, I've had many a woman come see me trying to get pregnant, and it's really glad it's part when, when they re- let me know they're pregnant. And, and some women are, are seeking acupuncture while they do IVF in vitro fertilization or, or any of the other fertility treatments like that. And studies show that, well, with IVF, studies show that women who, who are undergoing IVF and do acupuncture have higher success rates than women who don't do acupuncture while they're doing IVF. So what exactly is happening in the body? You know, is it just with where you're placing the needles in the certain areas, it's bringing that chi or that energy more into balance so the body is functioning as it should? Well, ultimately, uh, the bottom line is, yeah, it's, it's bringing the body into balance, into homeostasis. But at, and So that, that's the general premise of acupuncture, but earlier when I said it's a very sophisticated medicine it, in that, and that's the reason why the, the practitioner, the acupuncturist wants to make that diagnosis because we're trying to see is, you know, what is underlying, what is at the root of the problem? And, and so oftentimes the acupuncturist, because most people come in with a number of health issues, number of different symptoms, health issues. So the acupuncturist is, is always trying to get at the root of the problem. What is the underlying factor? And so then the acupuncturist is trying to treat that root cause. And, and so I was mentioning like dampness or chi stagnation or chi deficiency or yin deficiency or liver heat, all these different, all these different aspects. 
And so we're trying to choose the right um, acupuncture points. I oftentimes talk to people about their diet and lifestyle that are going to play a Obviously, it's not rocket science to know those play a role in a person's health. So, so, that, so there's a very <clears throat> nuanced, complicated uh, process that's going on as it's trying to help make, uh, achieve that bottom line of balance. Over the summer, I went for a couple acupuncture sessions, and hey. every time I went, they, uh, they asked if I had a lot of dairy specifically cheese uh-huh um, do you know what that's about you know why specific you know with the dairy and but yeah dairy dairy like i talked about dampness uh dampness is a big syndrome in chinese medicine and dairy is a big uh perpetrator of dampness and it's um it, it can cause a lot of health problems and most people two-thirds if not more of the world's population cannot even digest dairy so it's a, it's, a, it's a strange phenomenon that here in the West that Americans eat so much dairy when we're really not capable of digesting it whatsoever. Okay. Yeah, so that's why you were being questioned on it. So obviously you went to acupuncture school, you became an acupuncturist, and I'd like to hear how you went on for your PhD. And it sounds like you actually maybe created your own field of study through your PhD. Yeah, I, I was very lucky. The school... I- it was called Greenwich University. I had some really excellent teachers there. And, and the person I was working with, with my main mentor, um, she ran a, a program in the school called the School of Paradigm Studies. So I was, so she, she with her gentle guidance, gave me room to uh, explore um, things. And so I started exploring the sciences. I was always very scientific. Oriented, so started to explore the sciences and the and the intersection of science and medicine and healing and spirituality and consciousness and um, and so it kind of took me off on a path and so so I and I called it quantum integral medicine as I was as I was kind of putting ideas together because what I was getting at was that. And, and, and my thesis ended up becoming a book called Quantum Integral Medicine Towards a New Science of Healing and Human Potential. And what I wanted to get at was that our system of medicine is why it's limited. And, and our system of medicine is basically a biomedicine, a bioscience, a biomedicine. And it's based on the biological sciences. But science is not just the biological sciences. There's a whole, there's a whole range of sciences that that are kind of create a united field, unified field that tells us that life is life is energy, life is movement, and 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 life is complexity. So I started kind of combing the the sciences of quantum physics and chaos theory and complexity theory, and I found some 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 doctors and scientists who actually wrote too that medicine should be based on complexity theory. And, and this, um, you know, made me realize that if we started combining this into our system of medicine, it wasn't just a biomedicine, then it would make a place for putting our, the capabilities of our innate healing system front and center as the form of medicine. Because Chinese medicine and these other holistic arts really, first and foremost, honor the innate healing capabilities of a human being, and where biomedicine does not. And there's a place for biomedicine, a play time when people need to be 
take heavy drugs to deal with what their system is, more allopathic approach. And then there's times when it needs to be more um, not that approach. And sometimes they need to be integrated. So, so that's where I went with my explorations and wrote that book. And I was thinking, oh, I'm going to make a big uh, impact on the field of medicine. And my, my dream was to be able to lecture to doctors and scientists and, uh, and change their minds. And uh, I guess that didn't happen. I didn't change their minds. <laughs> and I actually give a, that was my dream. And I did, I did fulfill my dream and gave those talks. And then I just said, wow, these people are really closed-minded. This is not the audience I really care to go after. Forget it. Right. So, but I lived my dream for that short time. You have another book coming out this year, pretty soon, The Quantum Revolution, The Power to Transform. And I was wondering if you can just give us a little bit of a sneak peek about that book and what's in it and what the premise of it's all about. Yeah, it actually is coming out really soon. It's coming out perhaps after this podcast that gets broadcast because it's going to be out early mid-April. By late April, I'm doing a big, um, a big, a big book launch in Saratoga Springs, New York, on February 20th. But um, the book is about so. So the book is kind of um, an evolution of my own thinking, where I wrote this book, as I said, quantum integral medicine towards a new science of healing and human potential uh, about <clears throat> changing the system of medicine. So now I've taken it one step further and saying it's not just a system of medicine that needs to be changed it's our society our society is on a path of uh destruction unless we understand where it's gone wrong and really ultimately we need a what i call a quantum revolution which which i say is really changing the ultimately changing the way we think to to create a society of a more holistic sustainable and enlightened world and it's really ultimately the way it's going to change. And, and it's not just a pipe dream on my part because our world, our society and world is changing as much as we see a lot of negative news and a lot of negative stuff going down. There's a lot of positive things that are really, really growing and evolving and blooming and blossoming. So there is, there is a lot of great stuff. And so I wanted to write about this and what it takes to move in that direction and how we got to our, our place that we've gotten to with the acupuncture have, have you seen and even your books have you seen more of a gravitation to this information or has it been like the same for like the last 10 15 years oh, so so that was part of what what led me to write this book the quantum revolution because i have seen a, a, such a change in in healthcare in, in terms of people gravitating towards acupuncture and Chinese medicine, people are clamoring for it in, in, in numbers that probably weren't like this, or not probably because I've seen it, that, that it's just been a tremendous growth and insurance companies are covering it um, more and more. So, and, and it's not just acupuncture, it's just self-care, holistic medicine. People are realizing the limitations of Western medicine and, and West, the, the system of medicine in our society, our country is broken and, and just corrupt and, and really in bad shape. So people realize if they want to get healthy, they, they're empowering themselves knowing what to do. So, yeah, there's a quantum revolution in the system of medicine with acupuncture and other, other holistic alternative forms. And in your opinion, how do you see Western medicine complementing Eastern medicine? 
What are the well, parts about that? Well, I think that? Western medicine has a, has a lot to offer. Um, and I think the European models of Western medicine are much more humane and compassionate and not profit-driven. I, I just actually was reading a quote. That's a good question, April, in that I, good timing. I just was reading a quote yesterday. I don't have the quote in front of me. But it was written, it was said by, written by this uh, woman. Her name is Marsha Angel. And Marsha Angel is, um, is a well-known physician and, and, um, and critic of the medical system. She was the first uh, uh, female woman editor of the New England Journal of Medicine. So she's, she's got serious credentials, serious gravitas. Um, and she was saying that, um, how'd she put it, that... Um, if she was talking about our Western medicine, she said, if we were to create a system of medicine, the worst system of medicine we could ever create, it would still be better than what's exists in America as the system of medicine. And she just talked about how the, a system of medicine like is practiced in this country that's so profit driven is just totally wrong and should not be the way it is. And so, as I said, Western medicine has a lot to offer, and, and, and I said the European model is a much healthier model of Western medicine because it's not profit-driven. But so, so the great things about Western medicine are the diagnostic exams, the, the testing, and even the blood work, and things that can really pinpoint problems. But then the problem is, what do you do that with that information? And that's where Western medicine has its problems. The drugs often can really... Um, create more problems and then people end up taking one drug for the problem and then take many more for the side effects and that's where you know going hand in hand with the diagnostics of western medicine and then people being guided into complementary medicines first and if the complementary medicines aren't working then people could go into the more um, severe medicines and drugs and our surgeries but it's common sense to say start conservative start with acupuncture and naturopathic or chiropractic or herbal or homeopathic and if those aren't working then you move into the higher you know the more stronger approaches well, that's but that's not the way it's practiced and done in 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 the u.s Right. Yeah. Unless people are maybe open to it or have been exposed to more of the complementary medicines. Yeah. Which, which, as I said, more and more people are. They're they're realizing and they're ready to take take it in their own hands. But a lot of people, not just the medical system, but people too. It goes both ways. Are holding on to um, just just they're holding on to belief patterns and thinking that this is the only way. The Western medicine is the only way, and that's the doctor says it and. And to, to step outside the box and do something that is outside your safety zone is for a lot of people, it's human nature for a lot of people, human psychology, um, something that makes them very afraid to go past their comfort zone and, and elicits a lot of, um, it, it activates people and triggers them and, and they just don't want to go there. I had a basic understanding uh, before today, but... Uh, early this morning, I was going through Wikipedia uh, to see what they wanted to say about acupuncture, and you could tell <laughs> it was written by somebody from the West, uh, uh -huh. probably with a you know Western medical background. I mean, some of it was okay, but then some of it you could tell that they were very skeptical. It's like, well, it doesn't really. There's no evidence that it actually does anything. But 
if you talk to somebody that gives acupuncture or even receives acupuncture regularly and you hear their stories, you know that it, it, it works. And, uh-huh. and same thing like with April and I, we both do Reiki uh-huh. And we just see, you know, the evidence that it, there is something to it that can't really be explained in Western medical terms, I guess. But so I guess uh, my question basically, I guess, is do you and maybe it's a good way to kind of wrap up the segment is do you have any really good success stories in acupuncture? Something that kind of blew your mind, you know, with a patient or uh, giving treatment? with that uh yeah I have, a, I have a lot of awesome beautiful success stories and and i don't think anything blows my mind because i i i when i see it i i just know it can happen i feel and i feel every person can be that success story and sometimes almost miracle story um so not not that i'm trying to sell anyone on come see me in three one visit later you can you'll be 180 degrees different, but because it takes work on people's part too, but but yeah, this the the promise of Chinese medicine and most of the holistic forms of medicine are are profound and and um, and uh, the healings can be really deep and that was part of the the book I wrote, Quantum Integral Medicine Towards a New Science of Healing Potential, Human Potential. Um, in the latter part of the book, I started exploring um, these deep, profound healings from cancer and other serious illnesses. And I saw how in Western medicine, they just, uh, they just sneered at it and felt it was just, you know, just people were lucky and it was like getting struck by lightning, catching lightning in a bottle. But in, in looking at the cases of people who had these deep healings, they, they all worked for it and they all understood what they had to do to heal for, on a deep level from the physical, the emotional, and the spiritual. So, and, the, and again, when the body, when we believe, not believe, but when we know the body has a, a deep reservoir of healing capabilities, and then we commit to it, it can do it. Do you have one case study that you'd like to share with us or uh, a client that, you know, did heal from something that maybe Western medicine would say, oh, well, it must be a miracle or we can't explain this? Well, I've had people with cancer who've seen me, who've healed. Um, <clears throat> I, I have one woman who sees me, still sees me. She, she moved out of the area, but she comes back because she still has a house in, in the Saratoga area. And she's, she, I think it's like she's been seeing me for like 15 years. And when she first started seeing me, she had cancer. Um, and, uh, yeah, she's, she's doing lovely. And, um, yeah, there, there's a lot of people like that. I remember one person came to see me. She came to see me because her grandson was seeing me for acupuncture. She came in with a walker. It, it's kind of a – this was probably one story that did blow me away. She, she was in her 80s, came in with a walker and came for acupuncture. And the next time she came to see me, um, there was no walker and she was walking – she was walking great. And, you know, I wouldn't have believed it if I hadn't seen it with my own eyes. But um, – yeah, there, there's a, yeah, and again, some, there are some people who just sometimes the acupuncture is like lighting a spark, and it just gets it, it just opens their body up immediately. But for a lot of people, common sense says that if you have a chronic illness, it's going to take 
it may take time, but it also will take work on the person's part, work being dietary changes, lifestyle changes. And for a lot of people, they recognize it and they take the challenge and do it. And for others, it's just more than they want to take on. I, I have to honor that, that some people just don't want to make the changes. But it, and it also made me to realize that the biggest impediment to people healing are the impediments we put in our, in our own way to get to move forward. So um, another thing that I just want our listeners to know is that you are also a host of a video interview series called Interviews with the Leading Edge. And, you know, we had a chance to kind of go on your website and see some of the great people that you interviewed. Would you like to let our listeners know about that? Because if they would like to see you and uh, listen to you and see who you're, you're interviewing as well. Yeah. Like yeah, the, the, the Interviews with the Leading Edge is a video interview series I've been doing for a few years. It, it's on my website, but people can um, find it at leadingedgeinterviews.com. And on the website, I, it's, a, it's their long-form interviews with people, 45 minutes to an hour, with people who I and, – and I put shine the spot on them. And, it, and it's a very um, high-quality, technically, technically high-quality uh shoot with three cameras set up and and I sit down with the person a long form interview as I said and and these are people who are some are under the radar wouldn't be known some are are fairly well known or very well known and they're people who are just their their life um, their their commitment through their life has been to transforming society to a more to a more evolved society one of the people I interviewed I mean, he probably wouldn't even have thought he was doing that when he first started. That was uh, Peter Yarrow of uh, Peter, Paul, and Mary fame. Uh, I interviewed him a couple of years ago. And, uh, but his, but his, his life work has always been to really um, open people's minds and, and help create justice. So, 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 so really the interviews are about showing people who, through their evolved consciousness, are making a mark on society. And, and, I, and, I, and I try to show... a cross-section of people from various disciplines to show that evolving consciousness uh, manifests in different ways and how people um, put that forward in life and in the world. So, so I really, I really been honored to meet a lot of remarkable people and, and, you know, I hope that your listeners will be interested enough to uh, check out some of the interviews and, and see, because there's, there's a lot, a lot of great wisdom that's distilled in the interviews. Yeah, absolutely. I would highly recommend people go on over and take a look at those interviews. Yeah, yeah. And, and as I said, they're, they're part of my overall site. So it's, it's all part of this uh, theme of the quantum revolution. So the interviews actually, I wanted to model people who were part of this quantum revolution of helping to transform consciousness and, and help evolve society to something, to a, to a model that we all know in our hearts is possible and true. And how long, I know you said long form, but what do you, how long is long form? Oh yeah. Uh, so 45 minutes to an okay. hour. So, sure. so yeah, there, 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 there are no sound bites. I mean, there are a lot of sound bites, but really get really dig into, uh, to a lot of great, um, um, ideas and concepts and, and things that the people get to talk about. Okay. Yeah. Great. Well, we wish you a lot of luck on your next book coming out in February. If I get a chance, I might head on over to your event. And, yeah. uh, you know, we'd love, we 
we're really happy to have you on our show and to really expose our listeners to more about Eastern medicine and acupuncture and Chinese medicine. And you're doing great work in the world. So uh, thank, thank you, you so much. Yeah, and this is this is a, a great vehicle to uh, allow people to speak uh, to speak about their ideas. So I thank you and honor you for for offering this um, to people too. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Dr. Wayne. Thank you, April. Bye bye. If you'd like more information about our films or to purchase our DVDs, you can head on over to our website at thepastseries.com. They're also available to purchase on Amazon.com. Our films are also streaming online at Vimeo.com, GuyMTV.com, and iTunes. If you have a show suggestion or would like us to interview someone specifically, please feel free to shoot us an email at info at thepastseries.com or send us a tweet at thepastseries. Please rate and review us in iTunes and subscribe. We hope you enjoyed the show.